Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So, we're going to have a reading this morning. This is the boring bit, everyone, okay? You can, no, no. In, so, in Rooted, what happens is that when we have our, our reading from the Bible, <coughs> we, we get everyone to put their Bibles in the air, they have to be closed, and, and then we say where the verse is, and, and, then they, and then we tell them to go, and then they have to, go, they have to find it. We're going to do it a little bit differently this morning. I want you to see if you can work out where this reading is from. So, have a listen, okay? Yeah, you might, you might have a, there might be a bit of a clue, all right? Okay, let's have a read. Her Britannic Majesty's Secretary of State requests and requires... All those whom it may concern to allow the bearer to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. So where do we think it's from? I think I, think I was hearing some good, good uh, suggestions. Where do we think it's from? A passport of the United States. Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Indeed it is. (laughs) So, so I have have this passport, and I'll tell you what. I love the fact that at the beginning of it, there's like, I don't know if you've ever seen in in a British passport, this is just the kind of geeky stuff that I pay attention to, but like, but it's like there's a little message from the Queen in there, okay? That's, that's basically saying, uh, excuse me, officer of border control. This here, Tim, he's a jolly good fellow. I think you should hurry up and let him through. He's not going to cause you any trouble. He's one of ours, belongs here, you know? So I, I, lo- I love the fact that, that that's in there. It feels like, oh, oh the, the Queen's vouching for me. That's really cool. But the thing, thing is, the last time I used this, I was, coming back from a, I was coming back from a holiday, and we, we got to the, we got to the um, passport control, and we were, um, we were waiting in a queue um, because not all of us in our family could yet use the um, the electronic ones, and so so uh, so me and Emily were waiting in this queue to uh, to to go through, and the queue was well long. <sighs> it was like welcome back, you've had a good holiday, and now you're in a like oh, you just got in a sad, depressing queue, and you've got to go to work the next day, and and all that all that they needed to do was see the passport, get you through the door, and then you can go. When I went to work the next day, I didn't have to show this. When my boss was giving me things to do, my boss didn't want to see my passport or my ID badge to say, right, Tim, we've got some work for you to do. You've got this, this, and this. 
no, no, she was more than happy to just, because she knows me, she was more than happy to just give me some work to do. That, ha- that happens. Bosses don't want to see your ID badge. They just want you to get on with it. And when you go to school, when you went to school on the first day of September, did they ask to see your passport? No. Because they, they know who you are. They know that you've probably been at that school before. You've been on induction days at that school. You only, the, the point of this is to get you through the door. And then after that, normal life just happens. Normal life just grows. So we're going to have a look. I seem to have left my Bible down here. Excuse me a moment. Uh, I'll use my other Bible. There we are. Right. So we, we are going to have a look in Ephesians. And I just, I just want to have a look at um, something in Ephesians 1. It's okay. I'll, I'll manage with this one. I'm using, I've got this one, which is the extra special version. No, no, the ESV. The extra special version. So, um, which is not the one I normally use, but this is cool. I love, I love the way that it describes. The, the, ES, the ESV is a really great version, actually. We, we had it written up here, outdo one another in showing honor. It's, it's quite a literal translation of, of, of how this book was written when it was written in, in Greek many, many years ago. And, and so I love some of the ways that it puts it. It's kind of quite refreshing. And, and so we had that way, like, outdo one another in showing on it. It's like have a competition to see who can be the best one in loving one another. Because that is what Jesus says is how the world will know that you are his disciples by the way that you love one another, by the way that you show honor to one another. So treat it Kind of like a competition. Yeah? Try and outdo one another. Who can be the best at showing honor? Do it sensitively. Do it, do it with a sincere heart. But let it spur you on. Let it, let it, when you see someone else doing something that's honoring, let it spur you on to do something else that's honoring. When you see one of your friends going, actually, do you know what? I could be loved, you know what, I'm going to help him up instead and we won't make a big deal out of it. Then that's a, that's a really important way of showing honor. And so I, lo- I love the way that it comes up, uh, that it comes up in, in the ESV. In the, it's called the um, English Standard Version, actually, not the Extra Special Version. Um, uh, anyway, Ephesians 1. Paul, this, this is who it's from. Letters started like that in the old, like back then. Not to Ephesians, but starts off with who it's from, okay? Paul, oh, just lost my place again. An apostle of Christ, apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints, that means the people who believe in Jesus in Ephesus. Ephesus is a place in Turkey. Um, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a as a plan for the full things in him things in heaven and things on earth in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with, a promise, with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. <sighs> Do you know what? When he writes this, it's pretty much like just one sentence. As he's writing it, you can tell, you, you can tell like, like he was getting excited about, oh, I pray you grasp how wide and deep and long and high the love of God is for you. Oh, you can't really grasp it. I'm just getting carried away. You can tell this is kind of where he's at. He's going, oh, I've just got to tell you everything about it all in, in one uh, like sentence. and I'm not going to take a breath. Poor Tychicus, who was writing this out for him. Whew. You'd have been like, oh, hang on, Paul, slow down, slow down. It was all coming, fast and furious in one sentence. So you would have seen in armor drama how both Fred and Natalie had the wrong things that they had done kind of spread on their, spread on their T-shirts. Like the things that they'd willfully done or wished or thought. But Natalie, having, having received the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the Bible talks about us receiving in an exchange all of the good things and the faultless record that, that Jesus has and being able to Give him our stained T-shirt, our stained breastplate. And there's this beautiful exchange that happens there. That exchange is so good, and and it stops us from being separated from God forever. Because when God looks, God the Father looks upon us, he sees... All of the good stuff that Jesus has ever done. And he doesn't see any of our sin because it's been taken, it's been removed by Jesus. That's so good. And that's that when when you 
when you believe in Jesus, when you, when you say, okay, I, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop walking this own path of life on my own, and I'm going to stop walking away from God, and I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to say sorry and repent and stop going that way. And I'm going to receive the forgiveness that is in Jesus. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to follow his way of doing stuff. Then this very important part of Ephesians 1 comes in where it says that we become adopted. So we become a child of God. We, be, we become one where his love gets lavished upon us. We've heard a lot about the battle and, and the armor of God that you need for the battle. And it's really important when Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus that they understand, all right, look, this is really important. You understand there's a battle going on. So get your breastplate on. Get your belt on. You don't want your trousers falling down. Get your helmet of salvation on because if you don't have the, if you, if you aren't saved, if you don't have that, you've got nothing. If, if Chrissy, you got, if you were in a battle and you got your arm slashed in battle, we'd all be going, oh, Chrissy, what happened to your arm? Oh, no. If Chrissy lost her head in battle, we wouldn't be asking her, oh, Chrissy, what happened to your head? If you've got the helmet on, it protects your head. And so the saving is really important. And Paul needs the church in Ephesus and us to understand that actually there's a battle going on out there. All right? There's messages that come in that aren't the same as what God thinks. They aren't the same things as what God says about you. And you need to understand that the way that our culture celebrates people messing up, and what, why celebrating? I mean, like, it makes it into the news, okay? That bad stories get our attention. Oh, look, this politician couldn't even do that. Oh, this celebrity has, has cheated on their wife. Oh, look. And, and we, we tell those stories in abundance, and yet we don't tell the stories about dedication and honoring one another and loving one another. We don't tell those stories very much because they don't make great news. People, we're told, want to hear the bad stuff. They want to be able to gossip about the stuff. So Paul needs you to understand, all right, get prepared for the armor. Like, get prepared for the battle. You need it. But when God saved you out of death out of the army of death and brought you in to the army of life it wasn't because he needed more soldiers it wasn't because he just oh oh we're losing them if i get a few more of the guys from the other side i get them on my side then we might win the battle oh this battle is finished it's over when jesus was nailed to the cross we trust that the final things that he said were, it is finished. It is finished. The battle is over. The battle is won. It's still, we're still feeling some of the effects of it here on earth. But the victory is complete. 
And we can trust Jesus for that. So God didn't need more soldiers on his side. What Paul tells us is that he was in the business of adopting sons and daughters. He didn't need more soldiers. He needed more sons and daughters. People made in his image, called to be in God's family. That's why he sets the tone right at the beginning of this, of this letter to say, all right, we're talking about adoption here. And you see, Paul was writing this letter when he was in prison. He was in Rome awaiting trial. He would have been aware of some of the ideas of Roman adoption. And not necessarily from like Roman families. He might not have been gathering that, but he would have but he would have been able to see it and hear about it through the Roman emperors. So we heard about Cafe Nero, Emperor Nero. He was adopted by Emperor Claudius. And there were men, and given the succession of the line of emperor to, to him. And there were many other times where that happened. And you need to understand that when someone is adopted particularly in that culture, then it's done. It's finished. Once those legalities are complete, it's, it's signed and sealed. There's no going back. Now, this is really important because it doesn't mean, it, it means that, that God isn't going to change his mind. If he, if he adopts you into his family, he's not going to go, Oh, man, Derek messed up again. I'm just going to, oh, do you know, I think I might just, I can't be bothered with him anymore. No, he's committed to you, however we are. He's committed. He says he, he remains faithful to us the whole time. So when we are adopted into his family, He's never saying goodbye to us. And hear this. It's not just because it's about us. He thinks that we're great. Because when he looks upon us, he sees the perfection of Jesus. And it's the victory that Jesus has won that means that we will always have a home in heaven. Okay? So this adoption, it's irreversible. You can't go back on it. But also, like we heard with, with um, Emperor Nero, it was a way of going, of putting honor upon someone. You see, Nero might have just been a regular guy. Okay, imagine you, imagine you, you were at school, like Naomi. Okay, hi. Imagine like it was Children in Need the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, and imagine you had a great idea for Children in Need, and you were like, right, I want to raise some money for Children in Need. I'm going to make some cakes. Uh, um, at my school, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them at home. Okay, mum's gonna help me. I'm gonna have some. Wow, I just realised this. We could have some Sarah Lee cakes. All right, 
Only, only people over 30 will get that. Right, okay. Right, so, so mom's going to help me make some cakes. I'm going to take them in. I'm going to raise some money for children in need at school. Okay? I'm going to sell them at break time. And let's say they're just so tasty. The teachers are coming up. The kids are coming up. They're all paying like two pounds for a cake because they're so nice. And at the end of break time, you've got one cake left. And you've raised like 50 quid. And then this little kid, Nero, comes up. And he steals the cake because he ain't got any money to pay for it. And while you're not looking, he takes the money as well. I know. You'd be angry, wouldn't you? And it, it's the last day of term, so it doesn't get sorted out. And he goes and hides the money, and no one finds out about it. And then the next, like the first day back in term, Naomi sees where Nero's been hiding the money. And he, she sees him getting it out, and he's showing it to all his mates. Look, I've got 50 quid. I nipped it from Naomi for that, for that um, raising the cakes, for raising some money for children in need. And Naomi sees it, and she goes right up to him, not afraid. And she goes to try and get that money back because, hey, that needs to be paid to the, to the charity. And it starts to get a bit pushy, pushy, shovey, shovey. And then everyone just crowds in and goes, no, Naomi, you don't understand. Don't, get off him, get off him. Because over the half term, Nero had been adopted into the most powerful family in the world. And they might not take kindly to him being pushed around. And so whatever he's done, well, it doesn't change it. His adoption doesn't change what he's done. It doesn't change who he is. But it does change who he belongs to. When we are adopted into God's family, we have all of the honor that belongs to God, because we're called by his name now, all of, the, all of his honor gets put on us. And it, okay, now it's not about who we are. It's about whose we are. And now we belong to him. So this adoption, it's irreversible. It's a way of showing honor. And it's a way of bringing power to you as well. I want to invite the band to come back up because we're going to get ready to respond uh, to this. You see, if my girls came home And they pressed the doorbell. They came home from school and they pressed the doorbell to get in the house. And, and I, can't Im- I just can't imagine this scene happening, but I'd, be, I'd just be horrified if, if I opened the door to find them kind of cowering and them presenting to me their birth certificates, right? To go... Um, uh, hello, uh, you're our father, um, and th- this here is a document uh, saying that y- you're our father, and that, uh, is it all right if we...
come in. <laughs> I'd be like, what did I give you a key for? <laughs> I'd be like, of course you can come in. And hey, I've given you a key. So you can come in when you want to. Remember, there's a key in your pocket. Or like, remember, there's a key that's supposed to be in your pocket. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I've given that to you. You can come into the house. Come in and get warm. Come and, and use your room. Come and, come and enjoy your, the space of your room. Yeah, you want some friends over? Yeah, you can invite your friends over. I expect you to, to extend the resources of our house, our hospitality, to your friends. I expect you to say, yeah, of course you can stay for dinner. Yeah, let me get you a drink. Yeah, of course we can take them home. I expect you to be able to do that. When God adopts you into his family, he's not expecting you to turn up going, uh, do you remember me? He's expecting you to use your keys to come in. You see, the, in Ephesians 2, Paul tells us that he's taken us out of the grave and he has seated us with Christ. Now, we have a seat in heaven. He seated us in Christ. That means that we're right next. We're at the right hand of God. It's where all the power, all the blessing of heaven is. Look down at your feet. They're still on the ground. Maybe. Stand up. Now they're on the ground. If you can stand up, don't God cares about where your feet go. He cares about where you go in the day. But he loves it when you come home. Now sit down. He also cares about where your bum is. See, that seat is yours. You're seated in him. You've been seated in the heavenly realms. Now you have all of the power and authority and the place of blessing in Christ because you were at the right hand of God. So as we worship him now, and now you can stand up and I'm not going to ask you to sit down again. As, As you worship God, understand that you're right next to him say lord help me to understand that okay so if i'm at your right hand in christ that must mean that you're filling my vision now help me to grasp how high and wide and deep you are now that i'm right up close to you and when you pray when you pray about the stuff about where your feet are, where they go, remember that you're seated in the most powerful place in the heavenly realms. And so you get to pray with authority, you get to pray with blessing, 
God isn't going to be upset if you ask him. Do I have to do everything? He's going to be like, no, yeah, get him a drink. Come on, bring him in, bring him in. It's all good. Let's, yeah, pray for this person. Be generous about how you show, how you use your time, your money. Be generous about the heavenly perspectives that you bring. Be generous about how you bring peace into the situations. Be generous about how you show honor. Because this is your identity now. You've been adopted in him. It's who you were made to be. So let's worship him. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.